to be in the presence of God. And man, I'm glad each and every one of you guys are here. We're not just welcoming in our West Houston campus. We have Cornerstone. We have Katie. We have Cypress. We have thousands of people joining us online from around the world. Let's give them a great big hand. We're glad everybody's with us. I'm fired up to be here. Turn to somebody next to you. Every campus, just tell them you look good. Some of y'all didn't turn. I literally watched one guy right over there. He didn't turn to anybody. He's just like, nope, no, can't lie in church. All right, sir. Welcome to Hope City, um, where we are filled with hope. Um, I'm fired up about the series. I'm fired up about what God's doing at our church, and I'm super excited about next week. I, I typically don't um, tell you what's coming because uh, I like you to be a little surprised. I also don't tell you when we're going to have a guest speaker because some of y'all have preacher religion. You're like, if Jeremy ain't going to be there, I ain't going. Um, shame on you. Um, but I am excited because next weekend I'll be here, but I'll be introducing a new voice to you that has never preached at our church. And she is a powerhouse. And I've been working for two years to get her to come and uh, because she's literally that booked up um, and she's sought after uh, all over the world. Her and her husband have, have really changed thousands of lives. So next weekend, we're going to welcome Christine Kane. And so I'm excited about that. It's going to be phenomenal. The people that are cheering are the people that have heard of her. If you haven't, just I'm, I'm telling you, just tr if you if you trust me a little bit, do not miss next weekend um, and get to every campus early. It's going to be it's going to be an awesome weekend. Um, her and her husband, Nick, started the A21 campaign where they rescue people from human trafficking. And they've literally rescued with their team thousands of people all over the world. And they have started a focus right here in Houston. You're getting ready to start seeing billboards around the city marketing a number that people can call. And that's the A21 campaign. And I love what they're doing. So I'm fired up about that. Are you guys excited about what guys doing at our church? It fires me up. This weekend, we are continuing our Best Life series. How many of you guys enjoyed Pastor Rick Bizet last weekend? Wasn't he great, man? I love Pastor Rick. And we're talking about your best life. So if you are on social media, um, then you will, have, you will have seen in the past few years kind of this resurgent of this phrase, best life. And it's typically like in a social media picture on Instagram or Facebook or something where, where you're sitting on a beach and it's just a picture of your toes and maybe a lemonade and an umbrella and the ocean and you just say out here, living my best life. Hashtag best life. And everybody wants to be living their best life. But here's my question for you. Is that really your best life? Or is that just a really good vacation? Now I'm not preaching against vacations because your boy like the beach I like the mountains I like to get away I love all of that but that's not really your best life your best life is fulfilling the purpose that God created and designed you for that's really when you're most fulfilled you're not most fulfilled on a vacation it feels good now let me help you because sometimes you 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 can be going through all kind of pain and heartache and struggle and you go away on a vacation and you kind of forget everything and it's fun and you're like yeah and then you come home and you need another vacation. But when you're living your best life, you're able to be constantly refilled because you're living inside of your purpose. God created you on purpose for a, a purpose. Most of us th think that life is happening to us. We don't realize actually life is happening through us. Here's what Psalm chapter 139 verse 16 says, and I love this. All, everybody say all. All, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. I love this because it gives us a picture that God is not just looking at the totality of your life. He doesn't just have a plan for your life. He literally has a plan for your days. 
challenge with many of us is, is we kind of look at life as this big overarching thing like someday my life will have this. Someday I will, one of these days, and really you don't realize that it is the compounding days that make your life. And God has a plan for every day of your life. Listen to this, John 10, 10. If you don't understand the purpose of Jesus, here it is. Here's what he said. A thief is only there to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came so that they, everybody say me, this is for you, can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. The challenge with us is, is I love that. And I think all of us love that. But we wonder if it's us, right? Like, does God really want to do something great through me? Why? Why do we think like that? Here's why. Because you know you. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, ah, this guy's going to do great things through that person. But I've already disqualified myself because I'm a moron. And God knows that. So he wouldn't do anything good through me, but boy, he'll do something great through you. And that's why some of you can speak faith to someone else, but you never speak faith to yourself. Because you know how messed up you are. Question. All campuses, even those watching online, how many of you know how messed up you are? Raise your hand. If you're not raising your hand, you're a liar, and that's how messed up you are. I don't have any issues. That's your issue. You don't think you have any? <laughs> oh, I'm having fun preaching today. The challenge is we, we, we write ourselves out of God's plan because we know us. Well, here's the truth. He knows you as well. And, and nothing that you have done has disqualified you from what God wants to do through you. He still wants to use you. God doesn't make mistakes. He didn't mess up calling you. He didn't say, John, come here. And you get over there and he's like, oh, no, no, I meant Juan. My bad. Sorry. Como se dice, my bad. I'm sorry. There, God never has a case of mistaken identity. He didn't get the wrong person. He called you. But he will not make you do what he's called you to do. You have to at some point decide, I'm going to walk out the plan that God has for my days. Everybody say, today. 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 That's when I want you to make this decision. Today. Not tomorrow. Today. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 says, A man is destined to die once and after that to face judgment. Most of us aren't putting this scripture on a plaque somewhere in our house. Because you don't want to think about death. Most of us don't want to think about judgment. But the truth is, all of us are going to die. And all of us are going to stand before the great white throne of judgment to give an account for our lives. I didn't become a pastor to get friends. I became a pastor to tell you the truth. It is my job to help you walk through this life, but also help you prepare for the next life. And we don't like to talk about it. We definitely don't like to think about it. But we have to. We have to think about it. You can't help but think about eternity every now and then. You know why? Because the Bible says God has placed eternity in our hearts. And we have to live our life preparing ourselves for this life and for eternity. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to start thinking about praying this prayer every day. Psalm 39 verse 4. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered and that my life is fleeing away. My life is no longer than the width of my hand. An entire lifetime is just a moment to you. Human existence is but a breath. But how many of us live like we have forever? My wife and I were having a fight the other day. Actually, we were having intense fellowship. And she's wrong a lot. So, um, I'm kidding. She's not at this service. 
if I want her to know I said that, I'll tell her. And if you tell her, I'll be like, babe, we got a church full of liars. You know we're reaching lost people. You know we are. I'm kidding. She's not wrong. It was me. It was, it was very obviously me. And I was overwhelmed with something. And I popped off something. I know that's very hard for you to believe because I'm pastor and I'm holier. And, you know, I'm just better than everybody else. Um... <laughs> I checked, though, I'm flesh. I'm not, okay? And, and uh, I popped off something, and she popped off something, and I said things, and then she said things, and the things were said. And we were frustrated with each other, and so we were mad. And so, like, six days later, um, I'm kidding. I'm playing. I'm playing. It couldn't be six days because we had to ride together to the event that we were getting ready for. Have you ever been mad at your spouse, and then you realize we, we still have to be together? Like, I can't just, like, walk away and be like, I'm out of here and go into the car and I'll go ahead and start it, you know? <laughs> she gets in the car. I turn on a song that I know she hates. I'm like, <laughs> looking straight ahead, daring her to say anything. Finally, she started laughing. And I was like, what are you laughing at? You know, and then we, we got okay. And it was funny. We talked it out and we apologized. And I apologized a lot. But as we were driving down the road, we, we thought about something we've never talked about. And here's what we said. We said, what if we would start living our lives and speaking to each other like we only had 30 days together? 30 more days together. I wonder how trivial things would become if we thought for each other. I wonder if we only had 30 days. I wonder how, how trivial things would be in your life. I wonder how prioritized your life would become if you thought, what if I only had 30 days left in my life? How would you live? Here's how you would live. You would start living to leave a legacy because your best life is not the life you're living now. It's the life that lives beyond you. I want my life to live on long after my life. And here's what Psalm chapter 112 verse says. Verse 6, uh, uh, 112 verse 6. A righteous man will be remembered forever. My life is more than my life. Uh, we didn't build this church to just build a church just so we could say, look what we did. We built the church for your kids and for your grandkids and for your great-grandkids so that when we're long gone, that's when we purchased the silos. They've been standing for a long time. We want to keep them standing as a beacon of hope for a long time. So if you want to live your best life, there's four things the Bible gives us to do. Number one, you have to live with consistency. You ever been behind somebody who can't figure out which lane they want to be in? Scratch that. You ever been behind somebody who doesn't know the lane they're in? <laughs> so you know, just at Hope if you call Hope City home, here's one of the things for membership. <laughs> left lane, fast lane. Hope City, when, when Hope City's in the left lane, we go fast. We don't go slow in the left lane. I'm just, I think that's something we ought to put in our bylaws. I think it's something that, you ever been so frustrated with somebody and then, and then you turn your blinker on and as you're getting over there, like, oh, no, no, let me. And then you're like, you're going to get back in there. Like, no, 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 I'll get it. And then you're like, well, you're just creating a problem now. Some of us are like that in our lives. And God's going, pick a lane, man. Are you going to live for me? Are you not? Are you, you going to pray? Are you not? Just live, live with consistency. Proverbs 25, verse 14. Not a celebrated verse, but one we need to read. Like clouds and wind without rain. Like clouds and wind without rain is a man who boasts of gifts he does not give. Oh, yeah, 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 I'm going to do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm all in. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm there. And they don't show up. You ever made promises that you don't keep? I'll return it as soon as I'm finished. Borrowed a book from a buddy one time. And I, he was like, yeah, you can, you can borrow the book. And I was like, awesome. He's like, hold it up. And I held it up, and he took a picture of me. <laughs> I was like, now I remember who stole my book. <laughs> my favorite one is, uh, I'm going to start the diet tomorrow. 
How many guys, you're going to start tomorrow. How many of you? Yeah, I'll be in ketosis tomorrow by this time. But tonight, Dutch chocolate ice cream. Come on, somebody. Tomorrow, some of us live our lives like, what if we lived consistently in worship and consistently in prayer and consistently in devotion and consistently asking God, what do you want me to do? Consistently in character and integrity. Do you know that talent can take you to the top, but character decides how long you're going to stay there? Since 1948, Gallup has done a poll of Americans and they have asked who is the top 10 most admired men and top 10 most admired women in America. And, and all kind of people have been on the list, presidents and politicians and stars and athletes. They've come and gone. But one man has been on the list 61 years, top 10 most admired men in America. And that man is Dr. Billy Graham. How did he get there? Integrity, character. He lives with the end in mind. You can be an atheist and totally disagree with Dr. Graham, but you have to look at his life and say the man has lived for the good of others. Pastor Rick Bizet and another pastor went to, went to visit Dr. Graham before he passed, two years before he passed, and they got to spend some personal time with him. And as they were there, Rick told me, he was like, man, it was amazing. You know, we walk in and he's got a, a blanket over his legs. He's sitting in his recliner. And he said, the first thing he said to us is, gentlemen, would you please pray for me? And he said, we were like, what do we pray for Dr. Billy Graham. You know, like, what do you pray for God's best friend? I don't know. He said, so we asked him, what would you like us to pray for? And he said, just pray that I finish strong. Just pray that I finish well. Just pray that I do God's will. And he said, we did. He said, but secretly we were thinking, if he's worried, we're all messed up. <laughs> like, we're never going to get there. But I love the fact that at Dr. Graham's Old age, as he's looking eternity in the eyes, he's thinking about finishing strong. What would happen if you thought right now and you lived with the end in mind and you said, God, I want to do what you've called me to do every day of my life? Proverbs 22. Verse 1 says, A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. How does that happen? That happens with compoundingly, consistently good decisions. They compound over time. Hey, look at me. You never know when your legacy will be sealed. I was at a Saints game a few years ago because I'm a Saints fan. I'm a Texas fan too, but I'm a Saints fan first, okay? I've been a Saints fan since way before they were good. I grew up a Saints fan. So we were at the Saints game, and they were losing terribly to the Bengals. I mean, just getting smoked. And we're in the Superdome. I'm like, God, please let the Saints go marching in to the end zone. And he did not answer that prayer. And the Bengals... One of the Bengals players intercepted a pass, ran it all the way back for a touchdown, and there was this one girl in the, uh, in the stands, and she was down there with all the season ticket, Saints season ticket holders in the end zone, but she was clearly a Bengals fan, and she was just screaming, and, and as he runs down, he, he just jumped up, and he just fingertipped the ball right up to her, just and she has her hands out, and it's, it's on the Jumbotron, it's on the Jumbotron, and as she reaches for it, a Saints fan... Season ticket holder, 65 years old, sitting there, reaches over. I mean, it's like slow motion. He reaches over, and as he reaches over to intercept the intercepted ball, he elbows her in the chin. Her head snaps back. He grabs the ball, and he will not give it back to her. Like, it's a problem. In fact, nobody's paying attention to the game. That's a lost cause. Literally, the cameras weren't even on the game. They're still playing, and the cameras are on this lady begging this guy to give her back the ball. What? 
honest, honorable Saints fan wants an intercepted ball anyway. Like, I want to throw it away. I want to give it to you. Take it. Whatever. He wouldn't give it to her. The whole game, he wouldn't give it to her. Finally, the Saints organization brought her a game ball that she really didn't want because it was a Saints game ball. The next day, every sports outlet was talking about this guy. They interviewed him. He said, I was getting it for my kids. It's like, it's a sad excuse, sir, for poor character. CBS Sports deemed him the worst fan of the season. That was his moment. That was it. He'd never been that noticed ever. And he will never be that noticed again. But his life will go down in history as a guy who wouldn't give the ball back. Literally the whole the whole Superdome was chanting, give her the ball, give her the ball. And he chose to be the villain instead of the hero. Here's what I would tell you. I don't know the guy, but that didn't start that day. That was just his character eking out because that's the kind of decisions that he makes every day. There wasn't generosity or kindness in his heart. So it didn't come out when he was on the world stage. How will your legacy define you? You have to live Consistently, and you have to live with consistency in mind. Number two, you have to serve with intensity. You have to serve with intensity. Do you remember when you were a kid and your teacher would say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it's changed over the years. Like when I was a kid, I wanted to be a cowboy. I wanted to be a preacher. I wanted to be a fireman. Like all the little, you know, vocations. Now kids want to be pop stars. They want to be famous. But no kid ever says, I want, ooh, 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 I know, I know. I want to be a servant. (laughs) Nobody says that. But here's what the Bible says, Proverbs 14, 21. You will earn the trust and respect of others if you work for good. If you want to live your best life, live a life that serves others with intensity. Be intense about serving others. The disciples had the same question. They're literally with the greatest servant of all time. He teaches it all the time. And still, they have this conversation. They're fighting over who's going to be the greatest. Here's what he says. Mark chapter 9. On the way, the disciples had argued about who was the greatest sitting down, Jesus called the 12 and he said, listen, if anyone wants to be first, he must be the very last and the servant of all. At some point, you got to realize it's not about me, our culture. I don't know that we've ever been more selfish. We are so self-centered. We are so selfish. I'm grateful that there's a group of people at Hope City that do not live for themselves. You're blessed by them. They're called the dream team at every campus. You ought to give them a great big hand. They serve like crazy. Do you realize that this campus, at our West Houston campus, last night we were not able to have our service here. So our, our Cornerstone team, shout out Cornerstone, loaded in early yesterday morning because we had a memorial service for a, a, a person who just, Bruce Wyatt, who was just such a wonderful man in our church. We had a memorial service at our Cornerstone campus, so they loaded in early. And then we had service there last night. And, and our West Houston team was not able to get in this campus until midnight last night. It takes about seven hours to load in. Guy Mothley was on that team last night. Now, he's an engineer. He's a very successful guy, super smart guy. Love him, serves like crazy. I think he slept in his car because he was working the parking lot this morning before the 8 a.m. service. Now, I'm not saying that everybody has to do that. Like, if you get on the team, we're going to work you 28 hours on the weekend. Go back to your job. Serve the Lord. Be quiet. That's not what I'm saying. 
But I'm grateful for the people who serve with intensity, the people who go on the mission trips, the people who serve the homeless during the week, the people who serve, they come up to the office, they, they stuff envelopes during the week, people who serve administratively, of ushers and greeters, give them a hand. Every campus, load in, load out. There are people out there teaching your kids about Jesus right now. This, this weekend, in fact, this service at this campus, there's a 13-year-old boy and a 14-year-old girl who blessed every person in our church. If you're in our church, you're watching, if you're watching this service right now, whether you're watching live, whether you're at another campus live, whether you're online, even if you're watching years later, a 13 and a 14-year-old have helped bring this service to you. And I watched them today. And I want to show you a little video of what they do. Seven seconds. Take a look at this. That's all they do. That's it. That's what they do. Now, now some of you are like, what? They play jump rope down there around the stage? No, no, no. The cameras that you're watching right now. You realize most of y'all don't even watch me in here. You're looking over there at the screens in, in the building. They keep, the, they keep the cords out of the camera people's way. And they, I don't know if you saw Angela in the back, strange little dark. I don't know if you saw her. She's worshiping and she's singing. I just watched them. Angela was over here at this service and, and Jaden's over here at that service and they're worshiping and they're moving cords. Do you realize they don't have to crouch down, but they do because they understand it's not about them being in the way. It's about God being the glory. They're 13 and 14. Fires me up. We talked to Jaden and said, man, why do you do what you do? And he said, because I started looking at my friends at school and I didn't want to turn out like them. So I went through growth track with my mom and I said, I want to serve on the team. And he literally, here's what he said. He said, I found my purpose in life. That's why we do what we do right there. It's not about us. It's about serving other people. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. Our church can never do all that we are called to do without you. God has called you. There's a reason you're here. Can I just, can I pastor you for a minute? Some of you guys, you're here, you came wounded, you came hurt. And and I want you to come in, I want you to get healed. But some of you at our campuses and here, you've been healing for a long time. It's time to receive the healing and join the army. And do what God has called us to do and walk in our purpose. Live out our purpose. Well, how do I do that? You'll never know until you go. Where do I go? Through Growth Track. (laughs) At all of our campuses. Today is the first day of Growth Track. You can go right after the service and go into Growth Track and discover your purpose. We give you a gifts test, a spiritual gifts test. You don't have to share the results with anybody. It's between you and Jesus. But then if you want to be involved on the team somewhere, that doesn't mean you have to just serve on the weekends. We have Dream Team members who are leading groups. Do you realize we have over 600 Dream Team members who are leading groups all throughout our city? Those people are on the Dream Team. Give them a great big hand. If you go to a group, that's the Dream Team member leading that group. At some point, well, I'm just waiting on God. What you call patience, heaven calls procrastination. At some point, oh, oh, this thing's on fire. At some point, you got to step up and do what God has called you to do. 
last weekend, I got to spend some time, and I'm, I'm grateful that I did. I got to spend some time uh, preaching at Pastor Mark Briggs' church. He's been asking me for three years, hey man, I need you to come back and preach. He's one of our overseers. In fact, we are a, we, we, our church was planted by River Park Church in Shreveport, Louisiana. I think you ought to give them a great big hand. Thank you guys for investing in us and helping us plant. So I went back to preach there, and I want to thank you. I want to thank you as a church. Because there are weekends that I am gone. I am not here. I am ministering somewhere else. And here's why. I have a local calling. I love Houston. I love Cyprus. I love Katy. I love Pearland. I love the Woodlands. I love Sugarland. I love Katy. I, I mean, I, I love Katy twice. I love Kingwood. I love Pasadena. Maybe we'll have campuses in all of those places. I don't know. Some of y'all who drive an hour. People are like Lake Conroe. Okay. Austin. Okay. All right. I have a local anointing, but I also have a global anointing. I'm grateful that you as a church allow me, you share me, and I thank you for that because God is, is using us to do great things. And when I go somewhere, you're going somewhere, and God is using the story of Hope City to encourage churches all over the world. The last weekend I was with him, and he was talking to me about, we were on his farm, and he has all these trees and he last time I was there there was just woods and he's cleared it out and it's just it's beautiful pastures and there's these trees but I noticed there were a lot of trees that had fallen like huge trees I said what happened he said well I had a horticulturalist come in when I was going to clear out all these trees and he said listen he said put a ribbon around all the trees that you want to keep and he said then get that many more trees and he said why he said he said put a ribbon around those two and he said why and he said because half of the trees that you keep will fall because they were not designed to stand alone. They can be tall, they can be strong, but if they're not standing next to another tree, it doesn't matter how tall or strong they are. When the wind comes, they were not designed to handle it by themselves. And you aren't designed to handle it by yourself. You need to get in the group. You need to get on the team. You need to serve other people. Number three, you got to give with generosity. You give with generosity. The Bible makes it very clear. We make a living by what we get in life, but we make a legacy by what we give. It's not about getting. In fact, I would tell you this. If you're all about the accumulation of stuff, I'm telling you right now, you're not happy. Stuff will never make you happy. I've talked to some of the wealthiest people. I'm telling you, I've been able to sit at tables with them and talk to them. And it's amazing how unhappy some of them are. Not all of them, but some of them are. And then I've sat with people who are wealthy but are giving and they're happy. They understand that the wealth isn't what makes them happy. I, you know, I've sat with people who are broke, but they understand the power of giving and they're happy. Why? Here, here's why. I'll read, read you a scripture. Psalm 112 verse 9 says, They share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. When, when you are a giver, when you are generous, and I'm not talking, talking about just with your time. Listen to me. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about just, just serving. I'm talking about with your money. Oh, mm, powerful pastor. Thank you for preaching about that. Every time, every time I talk about it, I love our church because I feel a freedom to tell you about this. And I think it's important. But a lot of pastors, when they talk about that, they get nervous.